Hello everyone, this is Lisa Ages Gillibert with the Glorious Hoof Podcast and this is mini episode number one. Hi everyone, it is the 6th of April and I wanted to do a little mini episode. I think it's time to call it, you guys. I am really busy and I don't want to just sporadically post uh, or publish my podcast. I want I want to be regular. I want to deliver an episode to you when I say I'm going to deliver it to you. And I think being able to do that, we're going to have to move to a monthly format, maybe with little miniature episodes in between, like what I'm doing today. Uh, so it's not like it'll be total radio, radio silence if I have, you know, um, half an hour, an hour spare, I can record an episode, but it does take me a good two or three hours to do an episode uh, and possibly more depending on the research that I put into it and whatnot and the kind of things that I want to be doing for my episodes moving forward are uh, definitely going to need to take a little bit more time. So I just need more time to prep. Anyway, what I wanted to do, I just wanted an informal episode today. I wanted to chat a little bit about uh, the elephant in the room the coronavirus and how that's impacting my business and my life in general. And then we had a, a question from a listener, which I think we'll finish on. So let's get stuck into it, hey? Oh, my gosh. So we're going to get a little bit real here. How you're probably sick of talking about it, but at the same time, completely obsessed like I am about talking about it. But this is our daily lives now. So the coronavirus, COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, whatever you want to call it, is rife in Australia. Well, all over the world. But in Australia, we've got um, probably not as many cases as what you would think, but I think it's up to like 5,800 cases now or something like that. In Sydney, in the city where I live, it's um, we've got the highest uh, density of COVID in our communities. Um, and it's, it, I don't know, it's a really weird feeling, isn't it? It's really weird kind of waking up every day and just thinking, hey, that's right, um, there's something weird going on and I don't feel quite right and, you know, the way that we need to live our lives is significantly changed right now and we just need to cope and we don't know how long we need to cope for. So that's putting a lot of mental strain on a lot of people and obviously myself included. So the biggest thing for me uh, was obviously number one, looking after my family, making sure that my family are okay. And at the moment, my husband luckily is able to work from home and care for our daughter when I'm at work. So she's um, been pulled out of daycare and is staying home all day every day with my husband, which uh, obviously has a bit of a negative impact on her. She's my daughter. I love her very much. And she's a wonderful, wonderful child, but um, can be quite willful as a lot of children can be. She's five years old. And so she doesn't, she kind of understands but doesn't understand and we've been trying to make her life as interesting and, and happy as possible during this time. So that's our number one, obviously, uh, goal in life right now. And number two for me, right from the beginning, I really wanted to keep myself safe and healthy so that I could continue to look after my clients 
at the moment in Australia, if you have the virus, if you, you know, come down with the virus, you need to quarantine for 14 days. And in my state, it's a, I think it's a $1,000 on the spot fine and you can be fined up to $11,000. I mean, don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure that's the case. I'm not looking at anything on the computer right now and tell me that, but I'm pretty sure it's the case. Or be jailed for up to six months if you're not complying with the COVID-19 laws in my state. So jail for six months is a pretty big deal. No one obviously has been... Well, I don't think so. I'm sure it would be in the news. Uh, and I've been keeping a pretty close eye on the news, I can tell you that much. Um, but there's some pretty heavy, heavy consequences for not complying with the laws. So I was really concerned that farriers and trimmers would be forced to stop work, would be considered as unessential workers. But at this point in time, that is not the case. We are able to go to work as long as we're still complying with our minimum 1.5 metre distance from other people, like all the social distancing measures, so minimum 1.5 metres from other people, um, making sure that there's no more than two people together all at one time uh, unless you're all from the same household. Uh, and, oh, gosh, a, a bunch of other things. I'm just trying to keep my distance from people as much as possible. For me, the way it's affecting my business is I used to do most of my horses with my clients there, you know, usually holding the horse or at least with the horse tied up and the client quite close. And I love engaging with my clients every day and talking to them and telling them what I see in the feet and making plans for the horse's, you know, ongoing care and whatnot. And I am really missing that at the moment. It's not the same over text. It's not the same, like quite a lot of time, times I'll be up. Like in the past, I would have made videos of their horse or what I'm doing with their horse to send to them if they weren't able to be there, which was not very often. However, I'm trying not to touch my phone at all unless I've just sanitised my hands or washed my hands or sanitised them. I'm carrying sanitizer everywhere I go. You know what's hilarious? We had this big one-litre bottle of sanitizer in the cupboard for 12 months more. I don't know. And it's still in date and everything. Um, and I used to think to myself, I will never go through that much sanitizer. Why did we buy that much sanitizer? And like I kept thinking, oh, I'm going to chuck it, I'm going to chuck it. And I'm a bit of a hoarder. Like I don't chuck things anywhere near as much as I need to. Anyone who's seen the back of my truck can attest to that. And I'm so glad I didn't chuck that sanitizer because we've gone through a half of that bottle or three quarters of that bottle already. Anyway, so what else have I been doing? I've been making sure, well, yeah, number one, I've been trying to do horses without owners there if at all possible, but if the owner needs to be there for whatever reason, of course, I'm still welcoming owners to be at the appointments, um, but they need to, you know, keep back. I prefer more than two metres distance, not just 1.5 metres, which means it's very difficult for an owner to hold a horse's head while I'm doing the front feet. Uh, so we try and tie horses up for that situation and we can maintain our distance if I'm doing the back feet and they need to hold the horse. And most horses are fine with that. Like if they have a trouble, if they have trouble with not being tied up, say it's a horse that can't be tied. I've got a few of those that pull back. And what we've been doing with those guys is we've been, I've been doing their front feet while I've been having, or like just having the lead over their neck or on the ground. And I've just been kind of moving with them. And then when the back feet need to be done, I've been having the owner hold them and we can still maintain our distance. Um, madly sanitising or hand washing 
um, well, mostly sanitising when I come in gates. Sanitise, open the gate. Sanitise, get back in my car. Sanitise, open the gate. <laughs> Close the gate. Sanitise, get back in my car. Like I'm going through so much sanitizer. And then when I get into the property, I set up a hand wash station. I've got my pump wash, like my pump soap and I've got my bucket of water and you know and I'm madly washing my hands between every client I'm using freshly laundered gloves at every property if not between well with every new client I'm using fresh freshly laundered gloves so I'm madly washing all my gloves every night and I tell you what I don't sorry I don't just motorbikes on the street I don't know why I never did this in the past. Like I would wear one pair of gloves until they were trashed and so disgusting. And I, a lot of my clients would, you know, say, why don't you just wash your gloves? Because I, I would complain about putting on wet, gross gloves. Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I just wash my gloves? It's so amazing having like 20 pairs of fresh gloves every day. Anyway, I think I'm going to carry on with that, to be honest. I just chuck all my use gloves in a bucket and I bring them in overnight and I chuck them in the wash as soon as I get home I'm washing my you know stripping washing my clothes in the hot water having a shower um because I'm the only person really that goes out uh from my family trying to keep the house as clean as possible keep us all as healthy as possible um you know, uh, using my own halters. I'm not using clients' halters at the moment. If I need to catch the horse and tie it up, uh, I'm using my own halters. And to be honest, I thought a lot of horses wouldn't be, sorry, I keep moving away from the microphone. I know that's annoying when you're listening to a podcast because the volume changes. Um, like I thought a lot of horses would be naughty to catch or wouldn't stand well and rah, rah, but all these horses have been so good. I mean, I don't work on naughty, naughty horses anyway if I can help it unless they're, you know, scared or worried or whatever. Genuinely, to be honest, I don't, this is another episode altogether, but to be, to be honest, I don't think there are any genuinely naughty horses who, like they don't have the cognitive ability to think, hey, 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 I'm going to make this really difficult for you. Like they just respond to stimulus. However, uh, I am really pleased with the way the horses have been behaving what else? I don't know. Just trying to, for me, I feel if I'm well informed, I'm less worried. You know how a lot of people are saying, oh, I need to switch off the news. I can't know anymore. It's giving me anxiety. For me, I need to know. So I'm keeping on top of the local numbers. I know how many are in my local area. Um, you know, I listen to uh, some, you know, medical podcasts uh, on what's going on in the world and in Australia in particular every every day and I'm just keeping trying to keep on top of it that makes me feel a lot more settled and a lot more informed um, and yeah but I think you can hear in my voice how exhausted I am already and this is you know we we're on the, the social the social isolation bleh. The COVID-19 laws in New South Wales, we've just, or in Australia, we've been told um, are going to be ongoing for the next three months. So, and, you know, it could be six, it could be 12, I don't know. Are we going to have Christmas together with our family? I really miss my, I've got two sisters um, that I'm extremely close with and my two best friends and I'm just, you know, I'm really missing them. And it's nice that I still get some connection with people during the day. And I think that's really important for me. But I do miss people. I do. But 
I am really heartened by how well people are complying. At first I was really worried because a lot of people, like I'd drive around, I'd still see people taking their kids to the park and, you know, big groups of people still hanging out together and I was very concerned. But it seems to be since they've implemented these quite, like it's a $1,000 on the spot fine if a cop drives past and sees, you know, five of you together all having a chat and hugging and, I don't know, touching each other and whatever. Like it's it's a pretty pretty steep fine to get busted not not complying at the moment. So it's people are now complying and the numbers in Australia are starting to flatten. Like we're not doubling every three days like we were. I don't know what we're doubling at now. At this point, it's significantly longer than three days now. I think because we were on our way to really bad numbers at first. Anyway, I've banged on about this a bit long and I think you can hear that I'm a bit exhausted. So we might move on to the hoof mapping in a second. However, it's my birthday this month and I'm just, one last thing, I'm a bit sad that I'm not going to get lots of people at, like I just, I like going out for dinner for my birthday and uh, that won't be happening. So I'm a bit sad about that. But I have some really nice wine coming in the post uh, and I'm so excited to get this really nice wine that I got fairly cheap because the winery is doing a deal and uh, I'll be cracking open one of those on my birthday, I can tell you that much. Let's do hoof mapping, hey? All right, so I got an email from Hannah and she says, Lisa, do you utilise hoof mapping and what are your opinions on the Equine Lameness Prevention Organisation and hoof mapping? Thank you so much, Hannah, for your email. Uh, I have been exposed to a little bit of hoof mapping. I first came across hoof mapping uh, probably online during a bunch of research and I wasn't quite sure if I was sold on it or not. It seemed like it was too good to be true that I could just map a foot and know where everything was inside. And it didn't, like I can't even remember where I came across it first, whose protocol or whatever, but I wasn't quite keen on it. Actually, I should probably say the first kind of hoof mapping idea I had come across was uh, Duckett's Dot and Duckett's Bridge uh, in college. We had to do an assignment on that kind of stuff. So that was where I first came across that information. But when I first started going to the Daisy Bicking Clinics, she has this awesome um, soul mapping uh, image that she has put together, uh, I guess a, a protocol of you know a method that she goes through with hoof mapping and I really liked the way that she presented it as um it's just a guide it's not a tree it's not how to trim it's a guide and I really like that because I I detest the how to trim I don't detest it like for for most healthy feet following a particular formula is is going to be fine right but when you're a professional you see you don't just see normal healthy feet you see everything and the, and the longer your career goes on the more you see buggered up feet and feet that really need you to know your stuff and know when to stop and know when to push and know when to be conservative and and some feet you need to be conservative in one particular area of the foot and really push it in another area and da 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 and I really like soul mapping for giving me more information. There's nothing wrong with getting more information about a foot. Now, ideally you'd get radiographs done, 
right? If you ever run into trouble with a foot and think, oh, where's P3 and what, what's going on here and what are, what's happening here, you, you would much prefer to have radiographs. But that's the ideal and then in the real world you're probably not going to have access. We're almost never going to have access to radiographs immediately when you pick up a foot. And I sometimes I do pick up a foot and say, I'm sorry, I can't work on this foot until we, we know what's going on inside and we have a diagnosis from a vet so we need we need radiographs done and I have done that in the past. Uh, but most of the time you think, you know what, I can trim this also make it feel better today. I could do a better job if I had all the information from a radiograph um, or, you know, a set of rads. But, you know, I can improve. I, you know, what's the – every time I pick up a foot, it's what's the best thing I can do for this horse today. And most of the time, you know, giving it a trim of some sort is going to be the answer to that. Um, for me, hoof mapping is – it's it, it's a guide only and it's 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 gathering of information right so it's you know how to you find your external landmarks and quite a lot of these are um these external landmarks relate to internal structures of, of structures of the foot quite reliably um and it's it's definitely not a replacement for radiographs like radiographs are always going to be superior but hoof mapping is a really great way of um initially training your eye and then uh, backing up your eye and you know helping you make decisions about things what I like about Daisy's hoof mapping stuff is that like every everything that she has like every measurement that she makes like there's a, there's three different ways that she finds that measurement so for instance finding the widest part of the foot we can uh you know well sorry the widest part of the foot is one of the references. The widest part of the foot, the center of rotation, like finding your center of rotation, you would be going, you, you know, three different ways. You find your widest part of the foot, you look at the bar swells, um, and for me I use the end of the white line of the bar. That's my three ways of finding my center of rotation. Uh, and like that since learning this stuff it's really helped me be very confident with uh, bringing back toes with seeing distortion more clearly with um you know knowing when I really do need to go and get some radiographs because I'm like well this should be here and it's not and let's find out what's going on inside uh I really like uh hoof mapping it can take a while to, to sit to stop and map an entire foot all in one go. I do use like a, a texter, a Sharpie. Uh, you guys call it in America, but we, we call them texters. And, you know, marking out bits on the foot, it can take it can take an, a while. So do I map every single foot I see? Definitely not. Do I even map one whole foot a month? No. But I've got, you know, I've got, um, they're called um, hoof dividers. They're like a measurement tool. I've got them in my trolley all the time. And I use them to, you know, uh, find my 50-50 projection forward. I'll use it to find, you know, the tip with where's the tip of P3. I'll use it to, you know, um, correlate, you know, the, the lateral side of the foot is always a tiny little bit wider and that correlates with the length of the central sulcus, those kind of things. So if you ever want to learn more about hoof mapping, you've got to go to Daisy Bicking. And she gets a lot of her stuff from the ELPO, the Equine Lameness Prevention Organisation. So, um I don't like she's collected all this different soul mapping stuff from from different uh, you know people different sources 
Um, but if you want to learn about hoof mapping, go to Daisy. And I know that she's actually doing a online uh, beginner's hoof trimming course because she can't travel to educate at the moment. So if you go onto Patreon and look up, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Daisy Haven Farm because she's got her own personal Patreon that I'm a part of, but Daisy Haven Farm. Uh, and honestly, if you are if you are at all interested in hooves, check it out. I think the content that she's be putting out has been really fabulous. And I think if, 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 especially if you're sitting at home in ISO, which is what us Aussies call isolation, we, we call everything, we shorten everything. That's our lingo. If you're at home in ISO and you are bored on a, and you're interested in feet, please, please, please just check it out. If it's something that's within your budget, go for it. Cause I think that you'll really enjoy that. So that's where I get my soul mapping, um, stuff from i hope that answers your question uh hannah if you have any other questions about hoof mapping um please send an email not just hannah anyway anyway i'm gonna wrap this up because it was only meant to be a miniature episode thank you for your patience so moving forward that's what i was going to do monthly episodes i know i quickly spoke about at the beginning but we're going to go to monthly so my next one I'm doing an assignment at uni on insulin resistance and I'm thinking I might do something on that once I hand that assignment in uh, because that's, I mean, I've already got all the research there so I'll just re- repurpose that content for you guys and obviously not in uni speak in, in language that is going to make sense to everyone. So we might do that next but no promises. So in a month, so not a month from today, I'm expecting because I, I was meant to get this episode out um, on the 2nd. So at the beginning of, we can't go a whole th- month through April uh oh the 16th i'm pretty sure yeah so yeah the 16th will be my next step anyway thank you guys and stay safe hey look after yourselves look after your friends and your family as best you can hang in there the only thing not the only thing that's positive but i really do feel like this whole world is in this together and if we just hang on and look after each other we will will come out the other side and we will be better because of it, because of it, I really believe that the world is going to be a better place after this. We just need to hang in there and wait for it. All right, guys, have a good day. If you have really enjoyed the podcast today and would like to get in contact with me, you could search the Glorious Hoof on Facebook. Uh, my Instagram handle is at the Glorious Hoof AU, or you could email me at lisa at theglorioushoof.com.au. I hope to hear from you soon.